1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. Didn't this group do a great job tonight leading us in worship? For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers. But how were we redeemed? With the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. I want to preach for a little while tonight by the help of the Lord and your help. And I'm just going to be real straightforward tonight. I'm preaching a very simple message. And I asked the Lord earlier today, Lord, I, I like to preach something that they haven't heard maybe in recent times. And I want to come with a new angle. And when I just preach a real basic salvation message, sometimes I question the Lord. God, what are you, what are you doing? But God knows exactly what. He's doing it. If you're in the building tonight and you need to know the Lord in a fresh and a new way, I'm reaching for you tonight. The power of the Holy Ghost is going to fall in the house tonight. Sins will be remitted. The Lord will move. Let's pray on that wise right now. Thank you, Lord, for the confirmation of your word through your spirit tonight, Lord. And I'm praying right now for every heart, every life, every soul. Every person in this building right now, under the sound of my voice, if there be one that needs to know you in a fresh new way, Lord, lead, lead them to the cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Some time ago, I read a strange article. The article was about a man by the last name of Meta, and Matt, Mr. Meta was an atheist who posted a very unusual post on eBay, a strange item for sale. He offered on the auction block that day his own soul. What a strange and unusual thing that a person would say, for sale, my own soul. And believe it or not, as strange as it may sound, there was a buyer for the man's soul, and the man paid an astounding $504 for a chance to affect the man's soul. His name was Jim Henderson. He was from, he was from Seattle, Washington, and was a former minister at a church there who saw the soul for sale and thought he would give it his best shot to try to have an impact on another man's soul. Disturbing thought, isn't it? That a person would dare to say their soul is for sale. That a person would gamble on their own soul. Who could possibly think about selling their soul? How does one actually sell their soul? How does one truly give up their own soul? How, how foolish to offer to sell something that there is no way possible that one could ever retrieve or ever get back. Once it has been truly sold, the soul could never be redeemed. What a sad thing that a man would attempt to sell his soul or that a man would even have the thought process of placing a price tag upon his own soul.
Mr. Meta thought he was clever. He was an atheist and thought it would be a way to get attention. And indeed it did. He made national news. As a matter of fact, it lit up social media for a few days. And many, many people responded as the evangelical minister purchased his soul. And what he asked him to do was to spend three nights with him in a service to hear the gospel message preached in an attempt to try to save the man's soul. A man that was willing to give his life or his soul to the highest bidder thankfully found someone that was willing to redeem his soul and lead him back to Jesus. I come tonight preaching a very simple message, but I want you to know tonight that when you're lost and undone and there's no hope for you, when we were lost in this world and without God, He went to a cross called Calvary. And He shed His life's blood to redeem you and to redeem me. Oh, what a wonderful price He paid on Calvary that you and I could have an opportunity to be saved. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt we could not pay, but a wonderful Savior, ladies and gentlemen, went to the cross of Calvary and shed his blood and gave his life in ransom for you and I to have an opportunity to be saved. What a great price he paid. We owe everything to him. Your soul, ladies and gentlemen, is so precious that Jesus paid for it with his own blood. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Many people have sold their soul. They have sold out. The scary part is is that there may be some in this room tonight that their soul is weighing in the balances of humanity. Lost without God, not knowing where to turn to with their soul at stake. I reach for you, young man. I reach for you, young lady. I reach for you, child of God that has walked away from the Lord and and maybe is turning your back on Him. But I reach to you tonight and ask you, would you reappraise the value of your soul? Because there is nothing more precious than your soul. There are some things that you can't put a dollar figure on. There are some things that you can't put pleasure up against because your soul is the most valuable thing that you own. Matthew chapter 16 is a familiar passage of scripture along about verse number 26 that says what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul or what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul. I feel the help of the Lord in the house tonight. I feel a deep conviction in my spirit tonight and I wish somehow that I could convey it to this congregation and that I could somehow pull out my heart and show it to you tonight as I reach with passion for every young person, every man, every woman, boy or girl in this room. But you need a Savior. You need a Redeemer. You need God in your life. If you don't have Him walking with you every day, you need to turn 
turn your life to the Lord tonight. You need to repent of your sins and he's a faithful and just God to forgive you. We have water and robes ready to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, the Bible said your sins will be remitted. And then there is a wonderful promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost that is your promise. And you will begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Hey, I remember when it used to make some of you excited when somebody told you there was a way out of your sin. Oh God, don't let me get so comfortable in being redeemed that I lose the joy of preaching about the redeeming power of Jesus and the blood of the cross and the power to save my soul. Oh, somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. There is nothing more valuable than your soul. People have sold their souls to the things of this world. They have sold out to drugs. They have sold out to alcohol. They have sold out to addictions. They have sold out to lifestyles contrary to the word of God. They have sold out to music and entertainment and the lust of the flesh. They have sold out. They have been captured by the pursuit of happiness and success. They have been driven by the desire to gain wealth and to prosper in this life. They have longed and looked for something that was missing and they have filled that void with things that will only leave them empty in the end. Yes, sin has its pleasure but the price tag associated with sin will be a price that you can't possibly afford to pay. I want to ask a very sobering question to this congregation tonight. I want to ask you, what would you sell out for? Where do you value your soul if you have placed the right value on your soul? Let me ask you another question. Why then do you gamble on your own soul? Why would you play with something so precious as your own soul? Why would you take a chance on your soul? Nothing is worth being lost for. Nothing is worth going to hell over. We above all else, we must be saved. A few months ago, I received the phone call. It was a sobering moment for me when I received the phone call. It was only just a... A couple of days ago that that very incident became a reality in my life as there was nothing more than a mere practical joke that my wife was playing on me. Absolutely stunned me for a few moments and shook me back to reality as I remember the feeling that came over me the moment that I received the phone call that my 25-year-old nephew had been found in a car accident, dead on arrival. It was a moment that nobody wants to live through. It was a moment that nobody, that nobody wants to have to encounter. Ladies and gentlemen, I have buried a mother at the age of 63. I buried a nephew at the age of 20. 25, and I have a brother that was buried at 17 days old. I'm not coming tonight to preach to you gloom and despair, but I'm coming tonight to tell you that you have no promise of tomorrow. I'm preaching with passion tonight because I'm reaching for your soul. I'm reaching for somebody that's gambling and playing around with their own soul, and you think you're going to have tomorrow, and you think somewhere down the road I'll get right with God, but would you hear this screaming 
Christian preacher tonight as he tells you don't gamble on your soul. Find an altar. Find forgiveness at the foot of the cross tonight. Reach out to a God that wants to forgive you tonight. Oh, lift your hands toward heaven and reach out to the Lord with prayer right now. Come on, lift your voice all over this building. Let's just talk to the Lord. What would you give in exchange for your soul? Hallelujah. When my son, my oldest son, was only probably two or three years old, I began a very unusual collection for a child so young. It was actually because I've always had a little passion for it myself. But I began a knife collection. Gentry always had a real passion for knives since he was about three when he first found my knife laying on the seat of my boat and he whittled all of my boat seats. As a child, he didn't understand the full danger, so they were all placed in a lockbox and put in my care and he could only see them when I was there and we would take them out. Over the course of a few years, he collected more than 100 knives the most valuable of them probably cost a dollar ninety-nine. They were cheap. They were junk. You would not want to do much in the way of trying to put any pressure on the blades or they would perhaps snap. As a child, he didn't understand the difference in quality. He just thought big knives were cool. If they were rugged and mean-looking and they looked cool. He wanted it. He had to have it. But as he got older, he later began to understand that there was a difference. And he understood when I finally began to share with him, the son, you already have a lot of knives. What we need to do is we need to start thinking about modifying your collection. We need to start talking about buying name brand knives. Quality knives, he would say, but dad. Look how big this knife is. I need it. And in the truck stop on trips to Texas, he would find a knife in the store and dad, 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 come look. It's $3.99, isn't it cool? I got to have it, but son, wait. Wait, let's go. Let's go to a sporting goods store and let's find you a quality knife. And let's, he didn't get it, so I began to, for Christmas and birthdays, I would carefully purchase him quality knives and begin to replace them. And as he got older, he began to see the difference and understand the difference. And then all of a sudden, the number of knives became less important now as did the quality of the knife. He began to see the value and the preciousness of the craftsmanship that was put into the certain knife. He would see the knife and he would admire it and now he looks at them different and he'll call me and he's on the phone and he's like, Dad, it's cool. It's $179. What do you think? Bad idea, son. Your dad was crazy when he started such a collection. 
What are you going to do with it? You already have enough knives to knife the whole world. You really don't need the knife, son, but dad, it's cool and I like it. And oh, you got to see it, dad. The quality. And when he misplaces one, he usually, I'm the first person he calls, Dad, have you seen my thus and so knife? You know, it's my favorite knife, Dad. Like the other 145 favorite knives. But eventually he began to understand the difference in the quality associated with certain brands and certain names. He finally began to develop an appreciation and the value of certain craftsmanship and the materials that are used to put things together. Allow me for a few moments to explain to you something. There's a lot of people that'll come to you with a lot of things about the Lord. They'll come to you with a lot of scripture and a lot of books and can point you in a lot of direction. But can I tell you tonight that there is nothing more valuable than the name of Jesus. There's a lot of fakes out there. There's a lot of knockoffs out there. There's a lot of preachers out there. I don't come tonight declaring that I'm the only preacher that preaches the truth. But I do come tonight to tell you that Jesus is the only way to salvation. And the only way to be saved is to repent of your sins. And to be buried in Jesus' name in water baptism. And receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is but one way in this book. You'll find no other There's no other way to be saved for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I come tonight to preach there's power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is more precious. The name of Jesus is more powerful. Oh, you don't want a fake and a phony. Buddha can't save you. Hare Krishna can't save you. Muhammad can't save you. But Jesus Christ can save you and he will reach out and save you somebody give the Lord praise I was in a store a few days ago a few weeks ago and my son was with me and he invited a man there that was working behind the counter to church and the man responded and he said why do I need the church I have football I like football. What I need, church, I have football. Could somebody help me? Am am I missing something here? You, You are valuing something like football with the house of God? I like football. I played a little football. I enjoy a little football. There's nothing like a good, oh, bring on the Monday night football. I like it. I like to play. We used to play Sunday afternoon football until I got a rib broke. It's all fun and games if somebody gets hurt. And I realized full tackle, no pads, full blocking, full rushing was just not for an old guy. And so I had to quit. Let me tell you something. 
You can fill in the blank whatever you want to fill in the blank. Why do I need church? Why do I need the Lord? I've got this. I've got that. Nothing compares to the Lord. I wish I could help somebody realize tonight that there is nothing more valuable than your soul. The writer of 1 Peter declares it like this, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold and football. From your vain conversations. But there is but one thing that can redeem you. We are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, the second chapter and the 12th verse, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. That's where we were. You want to know where we were? We were without God in this world. You may be here tonight and say, I'm without God in this world. You don't need to leave here without God in this crazy world that we live. You need God in your life. But we are redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus by a lamb without spot or without blemish that gave his life in ransom for you and for me. Oh, would you value that which is precious tonight? What is it that's kept you from him? What is it that's kept you from completely serving him? Maybe it's your choices that's kept you from him. Maybe it's your morals that have separated you from the Lord. Maybe you're living a life without God and without hope. What a miserable way to live in this wretched world with no hope and without God. But the writer went on to declare, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes afar off away from God are brought nigh by the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood. Sometimes you don't realize what you have. We come to church, we go through the music and the routine and the singing and the moment of prayer and the preaching and the altar call and we rush out and head to Pizza Hut or Applebee's or whatever your tradition is after service. I went to church. I put in my time. Isn't that good enough preacher? No, it's not. Because the Lord is looking more than For you just to show up and put in your time and go through a routine. But he gave his life in ransom so that you would in turn give your life to him. I want to tell you tonight, I want to testify to you tonight. We had an evangelist here last week. He gave his story. His story was that he he came from a mighty, mighty long way. He was involved in all sorts of things. He was a drug dealer. He was involved in all sorts of gang violence. He was so strung out on drugs it left him homeless. He was raised up on a Pentecostal pew, walked away from God. And when he literally was at death's door, the Lord sent his father, woke him up in the middle of the night and sent his father to knock on a door of an abandoned house because the Lord said, go to that house. That's where your son is. When he got there, his father said, come on, Nikki, you're, you're dying here. He had a great testimony of what God delivered him from, called him to preach, turned his life around, and now he's on his way. 
But I want to bring you another side of the coin tonight. It doesn't make me any better or any less than him. But I want to tell you about a young man that was raised up on an apostolic pew. All I ever knew was church. But it took the same Calvary and it took the same Savior to reach down to where I was and to save me at the ripe old age of seven. But I wandered far away from God a time or two in my life, but he brought me back home. I stand here tonight with no testimony of prisons, no testimony of jail cells, no testimony of drug abuse, no testimony of alcoholism. I don't have any of those stories to tell you tonight. But I do have a story to tell you tonight about a God that reached down and saved a child. I do have a story to tell you tonight about a God that kept me from a lot of things that I could have gotten into. He kept me away from a lot of messes that I would have gotten myself into. I came tonight to declare to you that God is no respecter of person. Whether you came from a good background or whether you came from a really rough background does not matter to the Lord. Because as Brother Brandon Newcomer said it earlier in the service, we're all level at the foot of the cross. And I want to declare to you tonight that no matter who we are, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all need a Savior. I have found the pearl of great price. I have found what the angels desire to look into. If you only understood the value and the preciousness of what God is offering you tonight through this Preacher, as I'm preaching to you, as he's offering you salvation for your soul, if you really understood the value, you would no longer gamble. You would no, not attempt to trade it for this world and the beggarly elements of this world, but the very best life you could possibly live is a life living for the Lord. I ask you to stand with me tonight, heads bowed and eyes are closed. Don't trade what you have. Don't look for some cheap religion that doesn't cost you anything. The Lord is calling us out of this world of darkness. He's offering us something more precious than money can buy. It doesn't matter what your financial status, what your background, what your family life was like. It matters not to the Lord. He is no respecter of person, but he's reaching for every person under the sound of my voice. And he's calling you to the foot of the cross tonight. I open the front of this room. If you'd like to pray tonight, why don't you just take a neighbor by the hand and say, come forward with me. Let's just pray together tonight. God's calling people forward right now. God's moving people to the front of this room right now. He's calling, he's calling sinners to come home. He's calling the righteous to perfect their lives. He's calling us tonight. Would you respond to him? Would you respond to him? Respond to him tonight. Come on, all over the building. No one's looking around. No one's moving other than moving to the altar. Let's just talk to the Lord for a few moments tonight. Could we just turn this house into a prayer room? There's still room. There's still room. Step forward. If everybody would just take one step forward tonight, we're going to leave room for everybody to come. If you would just take one step forward from where you are, you would leave room for somebody else to step in behind you. Let's leave room for more to come tonight. There's more coming tonight. God's calling. God's speaking to you tonight.
Come on, bring somebody with you to the foot of the cross tonight. He's offering salvation to you. Surrender your life to him tonight. Surrender your life to him tonight.